If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Today I'd like to talk about being filled with the Spirit and the benefits of being filled with the Spirit. Why is it that uh, when we get saved and God comes into our life and we give our life to Jesus and we have those weeks where nothing can faze us. You know, we're preaching and we're teaching and we're witnessing and we're bringing people to Christ and all the good things are just happening in our life, you know. Just one thing after another. We just feel God's spirit and we just know that God is with us. And then the next week, we can't even get out of bed. And I believe the problem is because you're not full of the Spirit. You need to be full of the Spirit all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says this, Do not get drunk with wine, for that leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And there in Ephesians when you see that word be filled, it means keep being filled. Because we leak. One day we're on the mountaintop, we know we're witnessing for Jesus, and people know we're a Christian, you know. And then the next week we, we're struggling. And I believe it's because we don't stay filled full of spirit. We need to be full. If we're going to fight this battle, and you try to do it in your own strength, in your own way, in your own mind, in your own intellect, you're going to fail every time. But when you're full of the Spirit, then you really can defeat the devil. You can really defeat all the foes that come against you because the Spirit of God is with you. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to talk about the benefits of being full of the Spirit this morning. Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 1. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of those days he was hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. It says there in verse 1 that Jesus was full of the Spirit, and he was led by the Holy Spirit to go out into the wilderness to fight the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights he fought the devil. And the devil threw every temptation against him. Here in Luke, it mentions three temptations about the bread, about the kingdoms of the earth, and about jumping off the tabernacle. And I'm pretty sure there's a whole lot more temptations than just these three. But the way Jesus defeated the devil is because he was full of the Holy Spirit. 
if you're going to defeat the devil and I'm going to defeat the devil, we've got to be full of the Spirit all the time. Because the devil will come after you time and time and time again. I read something the other day that over 40% of the Americans say there's no such thing as the devil. And there's no such thing as hell. Because I can't see it, I can't touch it, I can't taste it. But I'm here today to tell you that the devil is real and hell is hot. Just like this outlet right here. If I take a plug and plug in there and I tell Jeremy to come up here and hold these two ends of the wire, you know what? Even though he doesn't see the electricity, believe me, he will feel the electricity. And even though you don't see the devil, he's real. And that's how it is in this world. And even though you may be one of those skeptics to say, well, I don't really believe in the devil, that is because he is the great deceiver. He wants you not to believe in him. He wants you to say, well, he's just a fairy tale, that this whole thing called the Bible is just made up by men. And they wrote things down to try to keep you in check and me in check. And he's not real. But one of the great benefits about being full of the Spirit, we can, defeat, we can defeat the devil no matter what he throws against us. All the things that he comes against you and me, we can defeat him because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And he will come against you in a lot of things. He tempted Jesus and told Jesus this. He said, if you just bow down, I showed you all the kings on, on this earth. I showed you every one of them. They're all yours, Jesus. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. And how did Jesus defeat the devil? By the sword. He took out the word of God. And every time the devil come against him, he began to quote scripture. And he told the devil, this is what the scripture says. And the devil was speechless. And you and me, we need to do the same thing. That's why it's so important that you don't just read the Word of God. You memorize it. You get into your spirit. Every day, you just take hold of it. Whether it's one verse or one chapter, whatever it is, you get it into your spirit. And when the devil comes against you, and he says, you know what? It's okay to steal. It's okay to grab those candy bars at the 7-Eleven. No one will ever know. 7-Eleven makes a lot of money. And you're hungry, and you have no money. And then the Spirit of God will come upon you and say, Well, yet, the Word of God says, Thou shalt not steal. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. So the very first benefit is that we can defeat the devil. For it says in Ephesians, For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. There's a whole lot of evil out there. But the good thing about it is God is on your side. Because it says in his word, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You have no fear of the devil. You don't have to fear him. You don't have to run from him. You just stand on the word of God. And believe me, every time you stand on the word of God, the devil will run. He will be defeated every time, and he will keep coming back. For as it says in verse 13, it says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, 
He left him until the appointed time. One thing about the devil, he doesn't give up. And the one thing about Jesus Christ, he doesn't give up either. So that's why it's so important that you and me, we stay full of the Spirit of God. Because if we don't, when we're weak, he will come and he will trip us up and he can defeat us unless we have the Spirit of God on us 100%. So today, are you full of the Spirit? If not, ask the Lord to give you the Spirit of God over and over, to fill you to overflowing. For if you do that, He will fill you because God is a good God. He wants you to be full of the Spirit. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to be able to defeat the devil and all his schemes. That's what God wants for your life. He wants you to be able to do all those things. And you know what? When you're full of the Spirit, you can. You can defeat him anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Because you're full of the Spirit. And even though the devil waited till the last second to really tempt Jesus, after 40 days and 40 nights, and, and Jesus had to be weak, he was still strong because he had the Spirit of God resting on his life. And he defeated him, and the devil had to flee. What's the second thing that, or the second benefit that we have when we're full of the Spirit? The second thing that we have is that it gives us the power to overcome people. How many people, how many people here know that there's people against you? Believe me, there's people that don't like you. Just because of the way you talk, the way you live, just because you got up early and you came to church today, praise God for you coming out in the hurricane. Amen, I appreciate every one of you guys. What a hurricane, where's the wind? But you came out anyway. Why? Because the Spirit of God told you to get up and you got out of that bed and you said, I want something from the Lord today. And I believe me, if you have that type of heart, you won't go away disappointed. Not because I'm such a great preacher, even though I am. <laughs> Everyone agrees to that. Amen. amen. Okay, we got one amen. Okay, <laughs> one is better than none. Believe me, one is better than none. Got two, my wife, she has to say that. She has no choice. She lives with me. But we need the Spirit of God. Man, I tell you, it really disappoints me when I see people there. One day they're on fire for, for the Lord. And when you open up the dictionary, there's their picture. I look it up, it says Christian. And there's Dave Christie's picture. It says Christian. And there's his picture. And then the following week, I can't get Dave to come out of bed. I told him I was preaching today, and he said, I thank you, I'm not coming today. He always encourages me that way. But yet he showed up because his wife said he had to go. So praise God for my niece, Laura. You're my number one niece. But it helps us to overcome the people around us. Luke, chapter 4, let's read verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. 
and the news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him, clapping for Jesus, throwing fire for God. And then he went to Nazareth, where he was born, where he was raised, where the people knew him, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, and it was his custom he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom of the prisoners and recover sight for those that are blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogues were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words that came from his lips. And then... Someone in the crowd, isn't this Joseph's son? They're all clapping, they're all cheering. And then somebody in the crowd said, wait a minute. I know you guys are all excited about this guy. He's got all these great words, but isn't this Joseph's son? We know the story. His mom said she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right, we believe that. And the crowd began to look at Jesus in a different way. These, these were his friends. He grew up with these people. He was with these people for over 30 years. They knew him inside and out. But yet, someone in the crowd said, isn't this Joseph's son? And the same thing happens to you and me when we get saved. Our friends, our relatives, our buddies at school. Wait a minute. You're saying you're a Christian? Are you really trying to tell me that you're like it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, it's the hardest thing to witness to your friends and your family because they know. They know that when you were young, you went into that 7-Eleven and you put that Twinkie in your pants pocket. They know that you stayed out all night long when you were a teenager and did things you should have never done. They know your past. But I'm here today to tell you that once you become a Christian, old things are passed away. You become a new creation in Jesus Christ. Don't let your past hold you back, no matter how bad it was. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are new. I remember when I first got saved. You know, I'm 19 years old. I did a lot of bad things in my life. Well, we're not going to go through all those things. You don't have time for all that. And I remember I went home and I told my mom, Mom, I got saved today. My mom was a spiritual lady. I mean, she's about five foot two, maybe five foot one. She was a little 
And, uh, I mean, she was full of the Holy Ghost, and she loved Jesus. And when I told her I got saved, you know what she said? Let's just wait a while. Let's just see if it sticks. Now, if you don't think that hurt me, it did a little bit, but I said, well, yeah, you're right, Mom. I've said that before, and it didn't happen. But today it happened. It's for real today. And I stand before you today because I never looked back after the age of 19. I had to prove my mom wrong. And I did. I did, man. I proved her wrong. And you have to prove your fellow workers. You have to prove your friends and your family and your brothers and your sisters that you are a changed person. And the reason you're changed is because now you, for the first time in your life, you are full of the Spirit of God. It's no longer that you live, it's Christ living in you. And if you want to be victorious in this life, if you want to defeat your friends and your family and show them that really God has changed your life, you stay full of the Spirit because you know what? They're just waiting for you to mess up. I know that Dave's going through a phase. He's going through that Christian phase thing, you know, because his buddies are Christians now. It's just a phase. Believe me, it's not a phase. It's for real. And when you stay full of the Spirit, it's no longer a phase. You have been changed from the inside out. And that only comes through the power of God, through the Spirit of God. Because He lives in you. And look at the great things that happens once you became full of the Spirit. Look what you can do now. It says that you have the anointing to preach to the poor. First time in your life. And we're not talking about just preaching up here. That's, this is the easy part. You know, I can dismiss you guys, and you guys can go home, and you'll clap for me and praise God, and you'll be so happy. But I'm not going to dismiss you. You're going to hang in there until I'm done. But I'm talking about preaching the people that you work around, showing that Jesus Christ is the only way. And that's what happens when the anointing comes on you, when the power of God gets in your life, when you get full of the Spirit, you can preach to the poor. Because he, he gives you strength, he gives you boldness, he gives you the words to say. He gives you power to mend the broken heart of it says. There's a lot of broken hearted people out there. The number one reason why people that used to go to church that don't come back to church is because someone has hurt them. Someone has said something to them. Someone has disappointed them. And they no longer go to church. Our job is to mend those broken hearts. To show them that being a Christian is real. That living for Jesus is the best life ever. There's nothing better than living for Jesus, I can guarantee it. No matter how much money you get, I don't care how many houses you have, I don't care how many motorcycles you have, or boats, or houses, or whatever. Nothing can compare as living for Jesus. Because he fulfills every need that you'll ever have. All those things that you think you need, you don't need them because as long as you got Jesus, you've got everything you need. And I can guarantee you this, you can have all the other things, and if you don't have Jesus, you'll still want more because only he can fulfill. Only he can satisfy. Only he can make your life what it's supposed to be. 
I read this the other day. I hope this is not true. It says, since COVID has hit, over 20% of the preachers and leaders in churches have given up or retired early. Wow. What happened? Attendance went down, offerings went down, hard times. And instead of staying full of the spirit, those preachers, they began to look at their circumstances and they began to give up. I can guarantee you right now, I'm not giving up. If I'm the only one here, me and my wife, I'm still preaching. It don't make no difference to me because I'm preaching regardless. And that's how it's got to be. When you're born again, no matter if anybody else follows you, it don't make no difference. I'm following Jesus. If no one else comes behind you and follows you, it's okay. Because I'm following the one that can get me to heaven. Give me eternal life. And give me that mansion on the hilltop. You think you got a big house in heaven. Wait till you see my house. Wait till you see my house. My motorcycle. If you have motorcycles in heaven, I'm not sure they do or not. I don't think you need motorcycles in heaven. But if we should have them. We should have them. I'm, that's going to be my request. I'm going to tell Jesus, hey, I'd like to have a bike. I have one on earth. I should have one in heaven. And the great thing about being full of the Spirit, when you hear all those voices, all those negative voices, people say stuff all the time. Oh, you'll never become a missionary. You'll never get become a preacher. You'll never witness to the Lord. You don't have the guts. You can prove them all wrong because the Holy Spirit's in you. Because God makes you strong. And when you look at the, the Apostle Peter, you talk about a guy that was a big screw-up. He was. He was a mess. I'd have fired him a long time ago if that was Jesus. But Jesus didn't fire him. Jesus didn't let him go. Jesus stuck with him. And look what Peter accomplished in his walk, in his walk with God. Wow. What a man to follow after. And what's the third thing that, the third benefit of having the Holy Spirit in you and full of the Spirit? It gives you divine protection. Just like those cops that wear those bulletproof vests, you think, you, you think they got protection? When I got the Holy Spirit on me, I've got protection. Nothing can harm me. Nothing can hurt me. Verse 28 in the same chapter after Jesus began to tell these people from Nazareth all their past, all their past sins, all their pride had gone down the tube, he told them how terrible the nation of Israel really was, how lost they were, and they got mad. Have you ever witnessed somebody and they get mad at you? I've had people get mad at me. But praise God, I have that divine protection on me. And Jesus and all the people in the synagogues were furious when they heard these things about their nation and about their people and about their country. They got up and they drove him out of the town and took him to a borough of the hill which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. That was their intent. We're going to get rid of this Jesus. The people that he grew up with, the people that knew him, we're ready now to kill him, throw him off the cliff. But 
But it says in verse 30, but he walked right through them and went on his way. Now, I don't know how that he did that. I have no idea. But Jesus decided, you know, I've had enough of this. I'm going, I'm going this way, and you guys better part. And they parted. And Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit, he was under divine protection. And we need to be under divine protection because, believe me, this world hates you with a passion. And I wish I could say, you know what? We're going to get out there. We're going to witness for Jesus, and we're going to win the loss, and we're going to do all those things. But the world is still going to hate you. We're going to do miracles and signs and wonders, and the world is still going to hate you. Jesus said this, If the world hates you, remember this, they hated me first. Jesus, who was perfect, who did everything right, never had a harsh word with anyone that doesn't deserve it. He was perfect in every way, but yet the world still hated him. See, because this world is controlled by the devil. But the great thing about being full of the Spirit, we are under His divine protection, that nothing can harm you, nothing can harm you. And when you go out with Rich here, is it next week you guys are going to go out? Amen. It's scary. I'm here for Jesus. Off my front door. But see, when you're full of the Spirit, it won't matter. Because you're not doing it in your own strength. You're not doing it for Harvest Church. You're not doing it for Pastor Tim. You are doing it for Jesus. And man, when I saw all the people that are signing up, man, man, I believe you guys want really to see revival. And we want to see the unsaved in here, not out there. We don't want to see them jogging. That's not going to help them one bit. They might lose a few pounds, but they're still lost. You know? So what? You go... You go to hell with your lose, you lost some weight. So what? That's not going to help you one bit. You need Jesus, man. I tell you, praise God. He's he's doing things in our church here. And when you go out next week, don't be afraid, because the Holy Spirit is with you, and He'll lead you to certain people. Say, Lord, you know I know we're supposed to hit this neighborhood, hit all these doors, but Lord, you make sure I hit the right door. And if one gets saved, one comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's all worth it all. You know, we all, we're all about numbers sometimes. You know, I went out and preached, and only two people got saved. Praise God for the two. Amen. You changed the life forever. So being full of the Spirit, you're under divine protection because your orders are from headquarters. Jesus is sending you out. I read a story the other day about uh, Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham. And he's trying to preach in the beautiful country of England. Uh, England that probably at one time sent out more missionaries than anybody else in the world. People that were full of the Spirit. They were all about Jesus Christ. And today, 
Franklin Graham, all his events have been canceled because Franklin Graham says homosexuality is a sin. Well, we can't have that in our country. You can't say that. You can't say that, Brother, Brother Graham. You can't say that. No, we don't, we don't want you in our football stadiums. We don't want you here in England. And you can't say that marriage is only between a woman and a man. Can't have that definitions. No way, no how. And so far, he's had about eight his events been canceled because the great country of England has fallen from grace from God. How did they ever get there? It's because people like you and me did not stay full of the Spirit. See, when we stay full of the Spirit, we're witnessing for the Lord. We're telling others about Jesus. I remember reading the other day where a guy was on the uh, substation. He was on a, one of those sub, subway cars. And he just began to open the Bible. And he began to read out loud. And he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. They were, in the, they were all captive. They couldn't go nowhere. And he began to just read the scripture. You know what happened to him? As soon as the train stopped, they got out and arrested him because he was a terrorist. He was inciting violence. The great country of England. I pray that never comes to our doors. I pray America stays strong for the Lord, that we can preach whatever we want in, in every church throughout America. That's my prayer. But believe me, if we don't stand up for Jesus, the world will take over our churches. And they will tell you, just like in communist China, they'll tell you what you can preach and what you can't preach, what you can say and what you can't say. They will. I remember years ago, we used to work at the detention center down there in Prince William County. I used to take a group of young people, and we would go there like on a Thursday night. And, you know, you know me, I'm going to preach about Jesus, and I'm going to preach about hell, and I'm going to preach about hell. You know, just I'm giving them the whole story. These young people, they need, they need the whole truth. They don't need half, they need the whole truth. And sure enough, after about a month or two of preaching like that, people were getting saved and people were getting changed. The director came up to us and said, listen, if you, we love what you're doing here, but you can't be preaching about hell. You can't be preaching about the devil. You're scaring people. And he says, if you're going to continue like that, we're going to have to let you go. And you know what they did? They let us go. Because I'm not compromising the word of God. I'm not only preaching half the gospel. I'm telling you the whole gospel. I'm telling you the good side and the bad side. This is what happens to you when you don't follow Jesus. This is what happens when you do follow Jesus. That's just the way it is. I wouldn't want somebody to tell me half the truth. I want them to tell me the whole truth. Divine protection. So today, let's start right today being full of the Spirit. Say, Lord, I want your Holy Spirit. I want to be so full of your Spirit that when I walk out of here and I go to the restaurant, people say, you know, there's something different about you. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something different about you. Can you please tell me why you're so different? 
And that's my prayer for Harvest Church, that each one of us will be so full of the Spirit of God that nothing can come against us. And I'll close with this story. This guy's a great preacher. His name is Murray Davis. I mean, he is a powerful preacher. But when you look at his past, wow, what a past he has. In 1975, Murray Davis just graduated high school. And his parents said, if you keep living the life you're living, drugging and running around and doing things that aren't right, you're going to end up in jail. And like most young people, he didn't listen. He was 18 years old. He knew, he knew everything. He knew everything. There's nothing you can teach me. I know everything. I've been on this earth for 18 years. There's nothing new. There's nothing old. I know everything. You ever met an 18-year-old like that? We were all like that. I was the same way. You're the same way. Don't tell me you wasn't. I know you were. You knew everything. No one can teach you anything. You knew everything. And just like typical 18 years old, he knew everything. And then one night a drug deal went bad, and he shot and killed a man. 1975, 18 years old, whole life ruined. Went to prison. Got 20 years for killing that guy. 20 years. Should have got life, he said, but I only got 20. Of course, they put him in the worst prison they could possibly find for him. 18 years old, worst prison cell. He's with a group of 40 other men. And he said he was scared to death. So he heard that what you do is you find the biggest guy in that group and you fight him. And you let him beat you up or you beat him up to get respect. Sure enough, that's what he did. And the guy pounded him. Here he is, a little 18-year-old, 19-year-old now, 5'9", 135 pounds. And this guy, 6'5", he pounded him. But he, get, he gained the respect of those other men, those other 39 men in this cell block. And they said, we love you because you get in so much trouble with the guards, they have left us alone. So they began to like him. And he met this other young man, his name was Tommy Lee. And Tommy Lee was in prison also, and he was getting ready to be sentenced. But Tommy Lee was different. He was a born-again believer. He talked about Jesus day and night. Man, he, made, he was obnoxious. All he talked about is how Jesus Christ can save you. Jesus Christ can save you. Jesus Christ can heal you. Jesus Christ can make a difference in your life. He can make you a new person. And he got tired of listening to Tommy Lee. But Tommy Lee kept, kept on going, kept telling him the truth. And, of course, Tommy Lee had his sentence, went to the judge, and the judge says, for you killing those two people, I'm going to give you 75 years in prison. You'll never see the, the sky again. You'll never see the stars. You're going to be in prison your entire life. And he said when Tommy Lee came back to the prison, he was happy. He was rejoicing. And so Murray thought he got off, thought somehow there was a mistrial that he, 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 he's getting out. And he said, well, what did the judge say? The judge gave me 75 years. And he said, what's wrong with you, man? You know you're never going to get out. You're in here for 75 years. You're going to die in this prison. And he said, the young man that was just a couple years older than him, he said, he said, you know what? I'd rather live in prison 75 years with Jesus 
than outside without him. And he said right there, the light bulb went off. And Murray Davis said, wow, that's what I need. And he began to hang around Tommy Lee, and Tommy Lee led him to the Lord. And he said, well, what do I do now? He said, take the book, call it the book. He said, whatever the book says, you do. Don't deviate from the book. The book says you do this, you do that, and you will live a righteous life. So Murray Davis ran that, read that part about he should be in church. Don't forsake the assemblies of yourself in church. And he said, well, I didn't know I had to go to church. So he told his other inmates, I'm going to church. And they said, no, no, you're not. If you go to church, that'll make us look bad. It'll make us look weak. You're not going to go to chapel. You're not going to go to church. You're not going to go to Bible study. That's only for sissies and snitches. And you're not a snitch and you're not a sissy. You're, we're not, you're not, you can't go. And Murray says, hey, the book says I have to go. I'm going. And he said, if you go, we're going to kill you. Plain and simple, you're going to die in this prison. So that night before church service, he wakes up and they set his bed on fire. They tried to kill him that night. They put toilet paper on top of him and lit it. He jumps out of his bed, puts out the fire, and told the guys, no matter what you do to me, I'm still going to church in the morning. I don't care. I'm ready to die for Jesus. And then the head guy, Big Mike, says, listen, if you go to church tomorrow, when you get back, we're going to kill you. So you know what he did the next morning? He went to church. He went to church, and he said the whole church service, his knees are knocking. And then all of a sudden, the Lord gave him peace, that no matter what they did to him, he was going to heaven. And when he walked in that cell block, the other 39 men, they surrounded him. And he said, let me just say this before you kill me. No matter what you guys do to me, I'm still not going to deny Jesus. I'm going to serve him whether it's just one day or the rest of my life. I'm not giving up on Jesus. And Big Mike came up to him and said, you know what? You are the first real Christian I've ever met. You guys leave him alone. He's with me. And for 20 years, he stayed in that prison cell. And when he got out, got married, he's got like three lovely kids. He's in his 60s now, still serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's full of the Holy Spirit. I want a testimony like that for my life, that no matter what goes on, God is with me. And I know you want the same. And it can only be done when you're full of the Spirit of